Hey everybody, this is Jackie. Welcome to the Let's Talk TEFL podcast. And um, today I'm doing something a little bit different. I will be solo. So today's topic is how to teach ESL to teenagers. And I know that a lot of people, when they go to say like Korea or South America, whatever, Europe, they end up teaching English to teenagers. Sorry if you can hear my cat in the background. She's quite noisy, but... um, Yeah, so it can be challenging. Um, Sometimes it can be really fun. Teenagers can sometimes have a lot of energy and a lot of excitement and are just willing to like play whatever game you want to do. But sometimes, depending on the mood and the class dynamics and the hormones and all of that, it can actually be quite a struggle. So basically, here are my top five tips for teaching English to teenagers. So number one is don't take things personally. Um, If you have students in your class that aren't happy for whatever reason, um, it might have something to do with you, but I would say most likely it's something going on outside the class. Maybe, for example, their parents are getting divorced, they just have some drama with their friends, their girlfriend or boyfriend just broke up with them. Uh, Maybe they just failed a test, they haven't been getting enough sleep, they've been eating junk food, they've been playing video games all night, Um, whatever it is. So don't take things personally. Um, I can't emphasize this enough and don't let it get you down. And I know it can be a little bit frustrating and a little bit difficult, especially if you teach, say, like all teenagers. It's nice to have a break once in a while with like little kids or adults kind of mixed into that. But if you teach all teenagers, it can be tough. Um, Yeah, but don't let it get to you. Um, I know that's easier to say than to actually do in real life. Um, So kind of the other thing going along with that is if students are really struggling in your class, um, I like to have a chat with, you know, kind of the one or two students who are who are disrupting the class or maybe just never participate. So maybe just even during the class when the rest of the class is like doing an activity or something, I'll kind of take them outside and I'll just say like, what's up? Like, how how can I help you in this class and how can this be a better experience for you? And um, some people are receptive to that. Some people aren't. But I find that... um, I've often kind of found out the reason why maybe they're sleeping or why they're not paying attention or why they're disruptive. And um, yeah, then I think they actually, um, when I've asked that question, like, how can I help you? The students actually see, oh, Jackie actually does care about me. And um, yeah, things have gone like sometimes gone a little bit more smoothly. It's not the magic bullet, but just ask the question, how can I help you um, have a better experience in this class? And um, If students are very low level, you might have to do this through a translator, Um, if you have a co-teacher or something like that, or one of the admin at your school. But um, yeah, it's worth it, usually in the end. All right, number two. My second tip for teaching ESL to teenagers is to consider the needs of your students carefully. So by needs, I mean, why are they studying English? So... Some teenagers are kind of, say, like on the fast track towards a top university um, in the country that you're teaching in. And in in that case, those students will be serious about English. Um, They often will need it for admission to university. They'll need it for jobs later in their life. They'll maybe even want to, like, study abroad. Um, So I think you'll have to... um, teach things like maybe exam preparation, like IELTS or TOEFL or TOEIC. Um, You might be using authentic materials, getting students kind of proficient in reading academic articles, um, kind of navigating the world in English, in real English. 
On the other hand, you might be teaching teenagers, um, say, at like a technical middle school where students are studying automotives or just whatever the case is, hair, hairstyle, hairstyling or whatever. Um, and they, in many cases, don't care about English. It's just probably a required subject that the government makes them study. Um, so their needs obviously will look very different from that first group of people. So in that situation, I would kind of just keep that in mind. And um, I guess my goal would probably be to make English as painless as possible. So I mean, don't stress out your students and don't worry about if they're learning as much as that first group of people would be. I think just teach them some basic like conversation skills. So if they encounter you know, if, like if they're, say, in Korea and they're um, cutting someone's hair or they're fixing someone's car, um, they can have a basic conversation with that person. So just kind of keep that in mind, what people need in their life. And um, if they're not that motivated, then that's OK. That's fine. So just have some fun in class and get to know your students and play some like fun English games and try to teach something, obviously, and have a lesson plan. But don't let it get you down, for sure, um, if you're not achieving the same results as you would with very, very high-level motivated students. So um, if you don't know what student ne students' needs are, the easiest way to find out is to simply ask. So um, you can ask them, you can ask their parents, you can ask their other teachers, and just kind of find out um, where your students are headed and what they need from you and from that class. All right, the third tip to keep in mind about teaching ESL to teenagers is to build relationships. So um, when I say relationship, I don't mean as a friend. Um, I know it can be a little bit tempting because you kind of want to feel popular and you want your students to think you're so funny and you want like all the students to be talking about you to their other teachers. Um, but it's not about that. It's about being kind, respectful, patient, explaining things over and over again if you need to in different ways and just never losing your cool or getting angry. So um, just a few quick things about relationships. So generally when I'm teaching English to teenagers, I start off with kind of some very um, serious kind of rules and expectations, and I make those explicit to my students so they know exactly what to expect in my class in terms of cell phones, in terms of eating, in terms of interrupting each other, listening to each other, um, that kind of thing. And then I enforce them um, with everybody, even my students that I love, the students that I don't like that much, I enforce the rules similarly for everybody. Um, and then as time goes on and students have a basic respect for me and my classroom management style, then I am a little bit more relaxed in terms of that stuff. Um, but at first, you have to get the respect of the students, and that's by looking and talking and acting like a serious teacher who is there to teach them some serious things. Um, and the other thing for relationships, names are super helpful. So I know it can be a little bit difficult if you teach a ton of students. Um, ideally, you would have memorized all your students' names. But if you um, are unable to do that, like for example, when I was teaching in a Korean university, I had, I think something like seven classes of 40 students each, and I only saw them once a week for an hour and a half. So memorizing all their names was just very impractical and almost impossible. So um, I recommend having name tags in your class. So students can just fold up a piece of paper into three, kind of a little triangle, and then they can put whatever name they want on their name tag. So I say they could use their English nickname, they can use their Korean name, um, or they can just use uh, just random, kind of whatever nickname they want. And it was really up to the students. I didn't mind 
um, anyway. And just one thing I would caution against is giving students English names. So people have their identity before they come into your class, and I don't want to take that identity away from them. So if a student chooses an English nickname or asks for my advice about like an English name, I'll help them. But well, I found in Korea when I gave people the choice, probably 95% of the people or even 98% of the people used their Korean name. It was only one or two students in, I say, a class of 30 that would use their English name. So just a word of caution about that. <clears throat> All right. So the fourth tip I have for teaching English teenagers is to choose relevant topics for your lessons. So... Um, if you use one of kind of the four skills ESL textbooks, um, like WorldLink or Smart Choice, Four Corners, that kind of thing, uh, those textbooks are fine and you will kind of hit all the highlights in terms of grammar and vocabulary, that kind of thing. Um, however, some of the topics are better suited for adults rather than teenagers. So just kind of keep that in mind. And hopefully you do have a bit of flexibility to design your own lessons and choose what you're teaching. And if you do, find out what the students are interested in, whether that's video games, whether that's like maybe the World Cup is happening, um, whatever it is, design lessons around that and you'll find that students really love your class and are excited about talking about those topics in English instead of say like the weather, hobbies, family again and again and again. It can kind of get boring for them as they probably have seen that same topic like a million times if they've been studying English for a couple years at least. Okay, the final um, tip that I have for teaching English to teenagers is to choose your activities wisely. So the most important consideration um, when I choose activities is to make it student-centered. I try to make my classes as student-centered as, as possible as opposed to teacher-centered. So student-centered means that students are doing most of the work. After all, they're the ones that are learning English. I'm already quite good at English, so I don't actually need practice. A teacher-centered classroom is kind of that traditional lecture style when the teacher stands at a microphone and just lectures the students and the students take notes with no interaction. So that is not how people learn language effectively. People learn language by doing things, by using the language. And this is especially important in a place like, say, Korea or Japan, where students are learning EFL, English as a foreign language. So they won't necessarily go out into the world and be using English. So it's up to you to make your class as effective as possible for students to actually be using that language. So keep that in mind. Try as much as possible to increase student talking time, student writing time, student listening time. They should be doing the hard work, not you. So the other thing I keep in mind when I choose activities is class size. So if I have a very small class of, say, two or three or four students, then it's possible to kind of just do everything together. Um, we can answer questions together. We can have a whole class discussion together. But once you kind of get more than, say, like four or five or six students, um, it's better to divide the class up into groups. So kind of partners or groups of three or four. And that can kind of be the unit in your class. So... I know it's a little bit tricky because students often have the expectation that if they take a class with a native English speaker, that they'll be chatting with the native English speaker, <laughs> the majority of the class. However, if you have 10 or 12 students and only one of them is talking to you, um, that's not actually a lot of action for the rest of the students. So it's better to put students into pairs and have them talk to each other. So keep that in mind. And then the other thing about choosing activities for teenagers is to use a variety of activities. So 
I have a few like kind of old standbys that I use in my class, things like surveys or maybe we watch a video and answer some questions about it, whatever, stuff like that. But then I also like to mix it up. So um, generally I would kind of design my lessons like I would do a little bit of a warm up kind of activity, um, maybe some review from the previous class. And then I would set the context for the lesson and then um, students would do kind of a reading or a listening exercise. And then I would move into some controlled practice. So kind of like fill in the blank, um, working with that new grammar and vocabulary that was introduced and then um, more free practice. So the free practice is less controlled and students have more freedom for the language that, that they choose to use. Although the, although it should be designed that they would be using the target language. So in that freer practice session, I would generally choose almost a different activity for every single class that I taught them. And um, yeah, it can be longer, more fun, kind of more interesting. And it's just a way for students to show some of their create creativity. They can kind of show off their language skills. And you can also make some, some of the things you do a little bit competitive. So there's that element to it. And yeah, just mix it up. So don't use the same PowerPoint presentation or PowerPoint bomb game or whatever it is. Every single class, that can get boring. So yeah, mix it up and be creative. Okay, so that is it for my top five um, tips for teaching English to teenagers. Please be sure to check out um, all the information about this podcast. You can find it at eslactivity.org slash podcast. And you can also find the links to my YouTube channel, Pinterest, TikTok, all the places right there. And um, if you want some more ideas for teaching English to teens, please be sure to check out my book, 129 ESL Games and Activities for Teens. You can find it on Amazon or wherever you like to put the, or wherever you like to buy books. And I'll put the link um, in the description for you. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. And we will catch you next time on the Let's Talk Chapel podcast. Bye.